What's up, okay? Back again for chapter 7 of The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, written by Joseph Murphy, narrated by Mr. Douglas. Updates and a descriptive summary of the Bodwin 10-day technique and how I was handed a banana. I'll be at the uh, back end of the show. I also blogged about it if you want to read about it. There'll be a link. Onward on our journey in discovery, access, and implementation of the power of your subconscious mind. Chapter 7 The Tendency of the Subconscious is Lifeward Over 90% of your mental life is subconscious, so men and women who fail to make use of this marvelous power live within very narrow limits. Your subconscious processes are always lifeward and constructive. Your subconscious is the builder of your body and maintains all its vital functions. It is on the job 24 hours a day and never sleeps. It is always trying to help and preserve you from harm. Your subconscious mind is in touch with the infinite life and boundless wisdom, and its impulses and ideas are always lifeward. I'll admit I don't know how he is able to confidently say, check it, in touch with infinite life and boundless wisdom, but, you know, we can infer, uh, you know, genetic information, all those reports of the cities and uh, tapped-in people from India that were uh, getting into the Akashic Records, Edgar Casey. Okay. The great aspirations, inspirations, and visions for a grander and nobler life spring from the subconscious. Your profoundest convictions are those you cannot argue about rationally because they do not come from your conscious mind. They come from your subconscious mind. Your subconscious speaks to you in intuitions, impulses, hunches, intimations, urges, and ideas. And it is always telling you to rise, transcend, grow, advance, adventure, and move forward to greater heights. The urge to love, to save the lives of others, comes from the depths of your subconscious. This is really interesting. Just as a side note, I listened to the podcast The Higher Side Chats with Greg Garwood. Highly recommend it. He had an alchemical practitioner on. A spagyricist, that was the word I was looking for. He had a spagyricist on. Really, really cool episode. Phoenix Aurelius was the dude's name. And they were talking about the uh, um, ways the people, the, spagyr- the spagyricists of old, uh, had looked at the makeup of everything and that you had uh, a kind of thrice or a three-tiered system. Uh, sulfur, mercury, and salt. And that, uh, I think it was, sulfur was the soul, salt was the body, and mercury was like the go-between material. Uh, It was the neutral material between the masculine and the feminine. Anyway, I'm pretty sure the way they talked about the soul, which was sulfur, was just like the way they were talking about the subconscious. Uh, is your deepest talents that whisper of an inner voice that 
innate confidence that comes from, oh, you just don't know where, but you, you know what? You know you're good at that. You don't know how you know that, but you know that. There's something in you. That, 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 just think about it for a second, because there's something nobody else that you've noticed notices. Or how you can play the game of life, interact. There's something that you know that you know, that you know that a lot of people don't know. And you can lean on that. That gives you that confidence of you-ness. And if you're shaking your head going, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Give yourself a little time to explore that. Ask yourself that and see what comes up. Because I'd lay money down that given an evening or two of enjoyable contemplation, you come up with an answer or three. All right. Anyway, uh, you have a... a Spagyricist, talking about how the dudes in the Renaissance and before, even way back to like Babylonian times, uh, were referencing the soul aspect. Or maybe it was just Greek times. I'm pretty sure it went back far. But the idea that the soul interacts with us in this kind of directly indirect level is uh, very much resonant with the way the subconscious is being described right here. All right, back to it. For example, during the great San Francisco earthquake and fire of April 18, 1906, invalids and cripples who had been confined to beds for long periods of time rose up and performed some of the most amazing feats of bravery and endurance. The intense desire welled up within them to save others at all costs and their subconscious responded accordingly. Great artists, musicians, poets, speakers, and writers tune in with their subconscious powers and become animated and inspired. For example, Robert Louis Stevenson, before he went to sleep, used to charge his subconscious with the task of evolving stories for him while he slept. He was accustomed to ask his subconscious to give him a good marketable thriller when his bank account was low. It's not a bad idea. Stevenson said the intelligence of his deeper mind gave him the story piece by piece like a serial. This shows how your subconscious will speak lofty and wise sayings through you, which your conscious mind knows nothing about. Mark Twain confided to the world on many occasions that he never worked a day in his life. All his humor and all his great writings were due to the fact that he tapped the inexhaustible reservoir of his subconscious mind. Samuel Clemens on Team Subconscious. All right. How the body portrays the workings of the mind. The interaction of your conscious and subconscious mind requires a similar interaction between the corresponding system of nerves. The cerebrospinal system is the organ of the conscious mind, and the sympathetic system is the organ of the subconscious mind. The cerebrospinal system is the channel through which you receive conscious perception by means of your five physical senses and exercise control over the movement of your body. This system has its nerves in the brain, and it is the channel of your volitional and conscious mental action. The sympathetic system, sometimes referred to as the involuntary nervous system, has its center in the ganglionic mass at the back of the stomach, known as the solar plexus, ah, the second brain and is sometimes spoken of as the abdominal brain. Right, there it is. It is the channel of that mental action which unconsciously supports the vital functions of the body. The two systems may work separately or synchronistically. 
Judge Thomas Troward says, the vagus nerve passes out of the cerebral region as a portion of the voluntary system, and through it we control the vocal organs, then it passes onward to the thorax, sending out branches to the heart and lungs. Finally, passing through the diaphragm, it loses the outer coating which distinguishes the nerves of the voluntary system and becomes identified with those of the sympathetic system. So forming a connecting link between the two and making the man, physically, a single entity. That's pretty cool. Quote, Similarly, different areas of the brain indicate their connection with the objective and subjective activities of the mind respectively, and speaking in a general way, we may assign the frontal portion of the brain to the former and the posterior portion to the latter, while the intermediate portion partakes of the character of both, unquote. I think that's a quote for Judge Thomas Troward. Yeah. A rather simple way of looking at the mental and physical interaction is to realize that your conscious mind grasps an idea which induces a corresponding vibration in your voluntary system of nerves. This, in turn, causes a similar current to be generated in your involuntary system of nerves, thus handling the idea over to your subconscious mind, which is the creative medium. This is how your thoughts become things. Let's just read that one more time. A rather simple way of looking at the mental and physical interaction is to realize that your conscious mind grasps an idea which induces a corresponding vibration in your voluntary system of nerves. Oh, this in turn causes a similar current to be generated in your involuntary system of nerves, thus handling the idea over to your subconscious mind, which is the creative medium. This is how your thoughts become things. Interesting, okay, let's say, uh, like a uh, old school telegraph line or the uh, shoestring Chef Boyardee can walkie-talkies. It's all vibration, man. Cool. Every thought entertained by your conscious mind and accepted as true is sent by your brain to your solar plexus, the brain of your subconscious mind, to be made into your flesh and to be brought forth into your world as a reality. There is an intelligence which takes care of the body. When you study the cellular system and the structure of the organs such as eyes, ears, heart, liver, bladder, etc., you learn they consist of groups of cells which form a group intelligence whereby they function together and are able to take orders and carry them out in deductive function at the suggestion of the master mind, the conscious mind. A careful study of the single-celled organism shows you what goes on in your complex body. Though the monocellular organism has no organs, it still gives evidence of mind action and reaction, performing the basic functions of movement, alimentation, assimilation, and elimination. Many say there is an intelligence which will take care of your body if you let it alone. And that is true, but the difficulty is that the conscious mind always interferes with its five-sense evidence based on outer appearances leading to the sway of false beliefs, fears, and mere opinion. When fear, false beliefs, and negative patterns are made to register in your subconscious mind through psychological-emotional conditioning, there is no other course open to the subconscious mind except to act on the blueprint specifications offered to it. The subconscious mind works continually for the common good. The subjective self within you works continuously for the general good, reflecting an innate principle of harmony behind all things. Your subconscious mind has its own will, and it is a very real something in and of itself. 
It acts night and day, whether you act upon it or not. It is the builder of your body, but you cannot see, hear, or feel it. Building, as all this is a silent process. Your subconscious has a life of its own, which is always moving toward harmony, health, and peace. This is the divine norm within it, seeking expression through you at all times. How man interferes with the innate principle of harmony. To think correctly, scientifically, we must know the truth. To know the truth is to be in harmony with the infinite intelligence and power of your subconscious mind, which is always moving lifeward. Every thought or action which is not harmonious, whether through ignorance or design, will result in discord and limitations of all kinds. Scientists inform us that you build a new body every 11 months, so you are really only 11 months old from a physical standpoint. If you build defects back into your body by thoughts of fear, anger, jealousy, and ill will, you have no one to blame but yourself. Just throwing it in our face like that, okay? I get it. You are the sum total of your thoughts. You can keep from entertaining negative thought and imagery. The way to get rid of darkness is with light. The way to overcome cold is with heat. The way to overcome the negative thought is to substitute the good thought. Affirm the good, and the bad will vanish. Isn't that a song? You've got to accentuate positive. Eliminate the negative. I don't know the rest of the song, but someone out there does. Somebody's got to tell me. What is that song? I'll Google it. Accentuate the positive. Why it's normal to be healthy, vital, and strong. It's abnormal to be sick. The average child born into the world is perfectly healthy with all its organs functioning perfectly. This is the normal state, and we should remain healthy, vital, and strong. The instinct of self-preservation is the strongest instinct of your nature, and it constitutes a most potent, ever-present, and constantly operative truth inherent in your nature. It is therefore obvious that all your thoughts, ideas, and beliefs must operate with greater potentiality when they are in harmony with the innate life principle in you, which is forever seeking to preserve and protect you along all lines. It follows from this that normal conditions can be restored with greater ease and certainty than abnormal conditions can be induced. It is abnormal to be sick. It simply means you're going against the stream of life and thinking negatively. The law of life is the law of growth. All nature testifies to the operation of this law by silently, constantly expressing itself in the law of growth. Where there is growth and expression, there must be life. Where there is life, there must be harmony. And where there is harmony, there is perfect health. If your thought is in harmony with the creative principle of your subconscious mind, you are in tune with the innate principle of harmony. If you entertain thoughts which are not in accordance with the principle of harmony, these thoughts cling to you, harass you, worry you, and finally bring about disease, and if persisted in, possibly death. In the healing of disease, you must increase the inflow and distribution of the vital forces of your subconscious mind throughout your system. This can be done by eliminating thoughts of fear, worry, anxiety, jealousy, hatred, and every other destructive thought which tends to tear down and destroy your nerves and glands, body tissue which controls the elimination of waste material. 
POTS DISEASE CURED In the Nautilus magazine of March 1917, there appears an article about a boy suffering from POTS disease, or tuberculosis of the spine, who had a remarkable healing. I.B.'s name was Frederick Elias Andrews of Indianapolis, now minister of Unity School of Christianity, Kansas City, Missouri. His physician pronounced him incurable. He began to pray, and from a crooked, twisted cripple going about on hands and knees, he became a strong, straight, well-formed man. He created his own affirmation, mentally absorbing the qualities he needed. He affirmed over and over again, many times a day, I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. He persevered and said that his prayer was the last utterance on his lips at night and the first in the morning. He prayed for others also by sending out thoughts of love and health. This attitude of mind and way of prayer returned to him multiplied many times. His faith and perseverance paid off with big dividends. When thoughts of fear, anger, jealousy, or envy drew his attention, he would immediately start his counteracting force of affirmation going in his mind. His subconscious mind responded according to the nature of his habitual thinking. This is the meaning of the statement in the Bible, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Mark 10.52 How faith in your subconscious powers makes you whole. A young man who came to my lectures on the healing power of the subconscious mind had severe eye trouble, which his doctor said necessitated an operation. He said to himself, My subconscious made my eyes, and it can heal me. Each night as he went to sleep, he entered into a drowsy meditative state, the condition akin to sleep. His attention was immobilized and focused on the eye doctor. He imagined the doctor was in front of him, and he plainly heard or imagined he heard the doctor saying to him, A miracle has happened. He heard this over and over again every night for perhaps five minutes or so before going to sleep. At the end of three weeks, he again went to the ophthalmologist who had previously examined his eyes, and the physician said to this man, This is a miracle. What happened? This man impressed his subconscious mind using the doctor as an instrument or a means of convincing it or conveying the idea. Through repetition, faith, and expectancy, he impregnated his subconscious mind. His subconscious mind made his eye. Within it was the perfect pattern, and immediately it proceeded to heal the eye. This is another example of how faith in the healing power of your subconscious can make you whole. All right. Pointers to review. 1. Your subconscious is the builder of your body and is on the job 24 hours a day. You interfere with its life-giving patterns by negative thinking. 2. Charge your subconscious with the task of evolving an answer to any problem prior to sleep and it will answer you. 3. Watch your thoughts. Every thought accepted as true is sent by your brain to your solar plexus, your abdominal brain, and is brought into your world as a reality. 4. Know that you can remake yourself by giving a new blueprint to your subconscious mind. 5. The tendency of your subconscious is always lifeward. Your job is with your conscious mind. Feed your subconscious mind with premises which are true. Your subconscious is always reproducing according to your habitual mental patterns.
6. You build a new body every 11 months. Change your body by changing your thoughts and keeping them changed. 7. It is normal to be healthy. It is abnormal to be ill. There is within the innate principle of harmony. 8. Thoughts of jealousy, fear, worry, and anxiety tear down and destroy your nerves and glands, bringing about mental and physical diseases of all kinds. 9. What you affirm consciously and feel is true will be made manifest in your mind, body, and affairs. Affirm the good and enter into the joy of living. Well, that looks like that's it for Chapter 7. Thank you for hanging. And now, as promised, updates, updates. Last time we were here, I was talking about being handed a banana. And so that was on the 8th of July. And uh, the, the, I did the 10-day Baudouin technique. And in short, Ken reported success. I wrote a little blog about it, if you want to read about it. It's on my website, mrdouglas.com. There will be a link. But yeah, um, uh, and to remind myself, the, the, the thought condensed was, I will be handed a banana. And in retrospect, I can absolutely admit, that was uh, a pretty out there, pretty needlessly specific type of action manifestation. That's like, what? I mean, any, any, okay, I mean, all, all right. But it worked. Now, asterisk, because, and well, who am I to know the universal mind? Well, however, what I can say is I basically primed my immediate environment to ensure that were I to ask for someone to hand me a banana, I would, barring all arms falling off in some sort of bizarre Mortal Kombat godlike realm decree, uh, I would be handed a banana if I, you know, if I asked for it. And that's basically, that, that is what I did on day seven. So, you know, day one, you do the whole mantra before you go to sleep, play with it, have it a nice time as a lullaby. And that's what I did. I will be handed a banana. I'll be handed a banana. I am handed a banana. Look at that banana. I am handed a banana. It's in my hand. The handy banana. Gonna have me do a handstand. Dumb stuff like that. I just played around before I would go to sleep as I was drifting off. And by day seven, after not doing anything, I was like, oh man, I don't know if this is gonna work. So I went to the store and I bought some bananas. I went to the store and I bought some bananas because when I went, oh man, I don't know if this is going to work, a voice responded, why don't you go buy some bananas? It'll up your chances. And maybe someone will hand them to you at King Supers. You never know. Right? Or, I mean, if it wasn't, it wasn't exactly that. That was not a word for word of the interior impression I got. Because it wasn't a voice, it was an impression. But that was pretty much what the impression was. Hey, go to the store, get some bananas, up your chances. Oh, come make sense. So I went to the store. Nobody handed me bananas. I got some bananas. I brought them home. Put them on top of the oranges so they would, you know, to the eye. And what is today? Today is the 19th that I'm recording this. On the 7th? It was like day 8. There they were. My brother and I were in the kitchen. And a little voice, an impression, came upon me and said, Why don't you ask for a banana? Why don't you ask to be handed a banana? And then it will be done. And you will have manifested. And I had the thought, wouldn't that be cheating, though? And the impression responded, why? You set this up. 
how would putting yourself in a position where it is an almost certainty that you will be given that which you ask for is cheating. But the response that a portion of me gave to that was like a little child, was like a, like a, like a toddler, not getting the extra candy bar that he wanted from the Safeway. Pouty, arms crossed, like, as if this portion of me wanted it to happen by literal, like, Star Trek manifestation. Like, it wasn't there, and now it is. And if it didn't happen that way, then now it doesn't exist. <laughs> Which, of course, is not the case. Because here it is. I mean, there it went down. I got handed a banana. It all worked out. Did I set the scene? Yeah. Do I feel like I violated my own rules? No. Because it wasn't that someone was going to buy a banana for me, that a banana was going to teleport out of midair, or fall on my head, or be granted to me from a Will Smith lookalike type genie. I had to ask, though. I had to come out and ask. And I find that really interesting, because if I didn't have to ask, then I, didn't, I wouldn't have had to have faced that very selfish, childlike point of view within me. And underneath that was this fear of failure, of, of, of the opportunity to ask for it, ask for it, and then being rejected, and then not having it manifest. Of course, even at that point, I would have had, I mean, two more days? Really? We could have come up with something. But there was that momentary, don't ask, no, because if you do, and they say no, it's a no, and lob lob in your face. And I wanted to be honest with you, as I'm being candid here with you now, because I want you to try this too. Why not? Play with this stuff. Maybe not with bananas, but keep it light. Have fun with this. And I would love to know what happens as you interact with yourself and the universe at this level. So anyway, that was fun. And, uh, you know, we'll do this more, I think. That is the ultimate goal of this whole thing, is to uh, look around, see how we can focus the lens of consciousness in more advantageous ways by tapping into timeless wisdom coming from olden days. Yeah. But enough about all that. Thank you for walking with me on this weird experiment we call life. I want to hack it a little bit. I want to see what all this business is about. Can we take the interesting success of the banana, set a situation up, and ask specifically, outright, to the universe, for what it is that we want. By we, I mean me, anybody else who wants to try this stuff, but this is interesting. Let's do this. Let's spread this to the world. In the meantime, I'll be thinking happy, healthy, hearty thoughts, along with all of you. Thanks for hanging. We'll hang again soon.